morning, and happy Mother's Day to our mothers in attendance today. I'm glad that you've come to be a part of this service as we have one service on this day. Had breakfast earlier this morning. We thank the deacons and those who uh, helped to serve the breakfast. We had an enjoyable time around the table, and uh, we're able to honor our families on this uh, important day as we celebrate Mother's Day. The opportunities of the week are listed in your bulletin. Notice that after worship two today, there are no evening activities, and this is because of Mother's Day. Spend time with family, and there will be no youth as well. If you see, if you notice, there will be no youth. It's not listed, so, um, and I was reminded to make that announcement as well. Wednesday, uh, we have just our regular activities, beginning with prayer meeting at 11 a.m., and then concluding with adult choir and mission groups at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, May the 11th. If you're visiting with us, we're delighted to have you and I ask that you would fill out a visitor's card. We have our visitor's card attached to our bulletin. If you could fill that out and place it in the offering plate, we would be grateful uh, to have a record of your attendance and know better how to serve you if you have any requests or questions related to what you see or any note that you would make on the uh, card when you pass it um, in at the plate or to me or one of the deacons at the doors at the conclusion of the service. It's always a delight to be together on Mother's Day. Let me ask our mothers to stand. Will you stand and be recognized this morning? You may be seated. The flowers this morning that adorn our sanctuary, if you see me start doing this, they call this the allergy salute goes up like that. I don't feel them yet. I probably won't. I'm using, these are pretty tame compared to Easter lilies. So I'm grateful that these geraniums are here. Uh, if you uh, put one in memory or in honor of someone, you're welcome to pick it up at the conclusion of the service. Remember this year uh, you had the opportunity to order the color you wanted, pink or red. So if you ordered pink and you take red, we're going to write you up if we find you. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, that was a way to kind of have a better balance and know what people were interested in bringing this morning. Carlton Pritchett has an announcement that he'd like to make. Shall we pray? Gracious and loving Lord, into your presence we come on this day that you've given to us, a day set aside to worship, a day, Father, to remember where we have come from, a day to glorify the name of the one who redeems us through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're grateful for your love and for your compassion shown to us. Accept our praise and our adoration. Help us, Father, to solely fix our minds and hearts on you. In the name of Jesus, amen.
keep your hymnal in hand and turn to responsive reading number 709. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband does safely trust in her. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, Her children arise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruits of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gate. Amen.
There were many times when I was young, I saw tears in Mama's eyes, and I didn't know what thing it was that made my Mama cry. But as the years went by, I understood each tear. Mama cried. For her children while she was living here And she prayed, Lord, please save my children I'm asking you today Lord, please save my children Don't let them stray away Just keep your hand upon them Don't let them die in vain Lord, please save my children Oh, this I pray today
Mother's Day for me is bittersweet because all of those who nurtured me as mother figures are gone. They have passed from this life into eternity. And so it is for many of you as well. So although this day brings great joy, it also brings sorrow as we remember our mothers who have passed and gone before us. I want to ask you, we do all kinds of things to uh, recognize mothers and so forth on Mother's Day. If your mother has passed on into glory, will you stand with me? See, so many of us have lost our mothers and we are grateful for their memory and grateful that they raised us and probably for most of us that's the reason we're in this room today. And I am grateful for that as I know you are as well. You may be seated. The other thing I want to do is to ask you if you are here and your mother is present, will you stand? See, that's wonderful too. I figured you out after all these years. And uh, would the mother stand as well? Stand with your children. See, there we go. I didn't look back at y'all, but I saw the children. You may be seated. I hope that has meaning for you this morning. It has meaning for me. Uh, it is so difficult. It took me years to even want to talk about Mother's Day. And I have finally reached the point where I can do what I just did in honoring my mother and my grandmother as you honor yours and their memory. Let's bow for prayer. Oh Lord, we are thankful for the gift of life and for the gift of family. We are grateful, Father, that as we gather in this sanctuary today, we do so with the full assurance that by your grace, we are saved. We know, Father, that because we have been introduced to a Savior, many of us will have the opportunity to see our mothers again because of their love for you and for their commitment to you. And for us, Father... The commitment we have made to you gives us hope, even in the midst of sorrow. Help us, Father, to rejoice with those today who celebrate their mothers. Help us, Father, to give thanks for all that our mothers mean to us, for all that they have done for us, for the many prayers that have been lifted on our behalf because of our mothers. We are grateful. We are reminded of Jesus and his mother Mary and how she wept as her son dies. We pray, Father, that we might see a glimpse of that devotion in each one of us as we burden ourselves with a world that is in need of a Savior. Thank you for this church, for this place that we can come to to celebrate your love for us, our love for one another, 
and the gift of families. We're thankful, Father, that in this age, that families still hold significance and importance and are to our society strength. We're grateful, Father, that this day has been set aside in our nation to celebrate our mothers. We pray, Father, that as we give thanks for our nation, that we might always pray for those who lead us, locally, in the state, and in the nation. We're thankful for our missionaries who are away today, and we know, Father, that their mothers are praying for them as we pray for them. We pray that you will supply their needs as they reach out and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. For those who are away, Father, in the military and for the sacrifices that they are willing to make, we pray for their safety and for their security as they keep us safe and secure. We're thankful, Father, for your word. For in your word we see many gifts. And among those gifts are mothers. And for this we give thanks. As we open your word, Father, may we find in it words of encouragement and hope. Words that will give us purpose and meaning as we journey from this place into each day in your presence. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.
This is one Sunday. If they leave, you know it's personal because we didn't have a first service. Now I put the pressure on you, hadn't I? I knew you weren't leaving. I knew you were. Brenda whispered to me, said they're going to sit with their families. Our scripture this morning is found in Matthew chapter 15. Verses 21 through 28. The story of the Canaanite mother. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. About 6 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, James Lawson of Running Springs, California in the San Bernardino Mountains left home to apply for a job. About an hour later, his 36-year-old wife, Patsy, left for her fifth-grade teaching job down the mountain in Riverside, accompanied by her two children, five-year-old Susan and two-year-old Gerald, to be dropped off at the babysitters. Unfortunately, they never got there. Eight and a half hours later, the man found his wife and daughter dead in their wrecked car upside down in a cold mountain stream. His two-year-old son was just barely alive in the 48-degree water. But in that death, the character of a mother was revealed in a most dramatic and heart-rending way. For when the father scrambled down the cliff to what he was sure were the cries of his dying wife, He found her locked in death, holding her little boy's head just above the water in the submerged car. For eight and a half hours, Patsy Lawson had held her beloved toddler afloat and had finally died, her body almost frozen in death in that position of self-giving love, holding her baby up to breathe. She died that another might live. That's the essence of a mother's love. Christ is interested in mothers. He came to seek and to save them, and He uses mothers in ministry of seeking and saving others. The New Testament shows us Christ's concern for mothers. It is striking that the story that we just read follows the account of Jesus' rejection of external tests for what is clean or unclean. On the surface, the story of a, le- at, 
of at least a momentary rejection of a Canaanite woman on the basis of her being non-Jewish seems to contradict the principle just given. Namely, that the condition of the heart, not externals, determines whether one is defiled or not. The story is also in seeming conflict with the great commission with which the gospel closes. Canaanite identifies the woman by language as Greek and by birth as Syrophoenician. Canaan was the name of the heathen land given to Israel. And yet we see in this encounter with Jesus something changed. Something changed for the disciples. Something may have changed for Jesus. And we know that something changed for this woman. We see Christ in this troubled mother. We are introduced to her in verse 22. The Canaanite woman does not contest Jesus' mission to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she it is who observes that the dog eats the crumbs falling from the master's table. The Canaanite woman and Israel at first appear to be poles apart. But they actually are brought together in the story. The lost sheep of Israel and the Canaanite crying for help are joined together in their common need. Israel and Canaan have one hope for union, the confession of their lack, the confession of their need before the Lord. Few mothers escape being troubled somewhere along the way. Troubled in their own personal lives, troubled because of the lives of their children as they make poor decisions. Troubled on many fronts. Troubled because of accidents, because of diseases, dangers of all kinds, the immaturity of children, the presence of evil and destructive influences in the world. There is so much to trouble us, so much that we want to get our hands around. This troubled mother, we can see from this story, shared her, her daughter's agony and she was willing to do what was ever necessary to save her daughter. She was willing to put her own personal feelings behind her. She was willing to swallow her pride. She was willing to risk personal injury and shame because her daughter was troubled. How many people throughout the history of the world, who have called themselves mothers, have put their lives in the place of the lives of their children. The girl was under the control of demonic powers. This mother determined her daughter's problem to be demon possession and she went to Jesus with faith that he could deliver her daughter. Likewise today, Jesus has power over the demons that would like to destroy our children. We only have to in faith approach Him and give our children to Him in a way that He can use them to glorify His name and to give them the opportunity to resist those things that trouble them. So many times we find places to lay blame at the world's feet for our own problems because we are not proactive enough to do what is necessary to give our children the foundation, the basis to do what is right when they are faced with trouble. We see Christ and this trusting mother. There are at least three different approaches to the problem of Jesus' response to the Canaanite woman. The response is not typical of what we would expect of Jesus, is it? 
Basically, he said, I do not want to be troubled with this woman. She is not the one I have come to save. Jesus' response to the Canaanite woman gives us some perspective. He may have been testing her faith compelling her to put aside her non-Jewish pride or prejudice. The fact that she hailed him as son of David seems either to rule out any such problem in her or to show that in her great need she bridged the gap between Jew and non-Jew. It was her great faith which deeply moved Jesus. Her faith, like that of the centurion, stood out in contrast to the lack of faith in Israel. This woman was persistent in her call to Jesus. This woman knew that Jesus could make a difference not only in her child's life, but in her life as well after she had encountered him. But for whatever reason, Jesus may have been testing her faith. Many times as mothers and as fathers and as other family members, our faith is tested by the behavior of our children. Our faith is tested by the illnesses of our children. We see those stories where people have been willing to do what is ever necessary to find a cure for an incurable disease as defined by the doctors. And if Jesus teaches this woman anything In this story, he teaches us the same thing. Be persistent in your approach before him. A second possibility is that Jesus took this means of instructing the disciples. They showed impatience with the woman and begged Jesus to send her away for her crying bothered them. Whether or not they meant for Jesus first to heal her is not clear. Jesus may have assumed their position only to repudiate it as a rebuke to them and to point to them a better attitude. We know exactly where these disciples are coming from because we are not too far removed from that in our own children's lives. Send them away, they bother me. How many people have said through the years, send my children away, they bother me. How many children have lost their homes because there were those who no longer wanted them? How many people have we turned away because we could not stand the noise? We could not be bothered with their problems and with the circumstances of their lives because we have what we need and we are well aware of others' needs, but we don't want to be bothered. How many times have you given in to your children because they bothered you just a little too much? I'm guilty. Anything for peace, anything for quiet. This is what these disciples were saying. Jesus, do something about this woman. Send her away. We, don't, we can't take it anymore. That's how persistent her calls were. We're not given an idea of how long this woman followed them. We just simply know that she had a need and she was not going to be turned away. The third and more difficult approach is one which finds a struggle within Jesus himself. His great compassion for all people is too well established to be overlooked. Even as we hear such seemingly harsh words as, It is not fair to give children's bread to dogs. 
Was it that Jesus struggled between his desire to give himself at once to the larger world and his purpose to give his own people every opportunity to receive him? To have turned from the Jews would have been to seal their fate and the Gentiles did not have the background of preparation to receive and proclaim him most meaningfully. To this day, we read a Jewish New Testament with the possible exception of Luke and Acts. They were Jews who first received, best understood and proclaimed Him. It was the Jews who were looking for a Messiah and Jesus wanted to give them every opportunity to respond to Him. Jesus' great love for humanity and its plight is seen in His response to this mother's faith. Faith in our lives has the power to change us and change those around us if we are faithful. This woman's persistent faith gave Jesus hope for others other than the ones he had come specifically to save, that being the Jews. This woman's faith showed those disciples and all those around that Jesus was available to anyone who would call on him. And isn't that what your mother taught you when we see Jesus referring to this woman as a dog it hurts it hurts from the standpoint of what is the meaning of what Jesus is saying to this woman who has this great need where does that place us in the realm of our relationship to him and Jesus solves the problem even as it is created He shows us that if you call to Him in faith, He hears and He responds. This mother had love for her daughter that made her go the extra mile. This mother had faith for her daughter. This mother believed in miracles even when circumstances were desperate. This mother believed in the divinity of the Christ. She addressed Him as the Son of David and as Lord. This mother had confidence in the fullness of Jesus' power. This mother had confidence in the generosity of Jesus' love. This mother had confidence in the fairness of Jesus' mind. And so she persisted to the point of getting on the disciples' nerves. But Jesus had a lesson to teach. And the disciples had a lesson to learn. We see Christ and a triumphant mother. She overcame the concealment of Christ. We read in verse 24 that Jesus had withdrawn. He departed to another region. Christ had retired into a place of privacy. And this woman sought him out in his time of retreat from the crowds. This mother came to Christ without a specific invitation. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word. Evidently she had heard about the power of Christ to deliver and she believed. She overcame her own prejudice and the prejudice of her people as well as the prejudice of the Jewish people when she boldly came to Jesus Christ for help. You see, she had issues as well. How many people do we keep from Christ because of our own personal prejudices toward them? How many times do we allow the prejudices of others to keep us from coming to the Christ because we believe that they hold the gate and the keys to the kingdom? 
this woman had to do what we all have to do when we come to Christ. She had to give all of herself to him. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, it will take sacrifice. That sacrifice takes on many different forms and many different levels. And sometimes it requires us to swallow our pride. This woman did just that. A Canaanite woman coming to a Jewish man. Asking for deliverance, not for her, but for her daughter. Do you see a mother's love? She overcame the seeming silence and neglect of the Savior. Some have misunderstood Christ's attitude and words here. Perhaps he was testing and teaching his disciples by his conduct at this time. Or he may have been testing the faith of this mother before leading her to genuine faith. Or perhaps he was simply teaching the importance of a patient persistence. In any case, the girl's deliverance marked a new phase in Jesus' ministry as he went to the Canaanites as well as to the Jews. This woman, because of the act on behalf of her daughter and her love for daughter, got more than she expected. She got the love, the unconditional love of the Savior. And in so doing, the doors were open to all to come in. This mother came to Christ in faith and trust. She had to let everything else go and she had to come before him with her faith. She came trusting and was expectant. She came praying in earnest. She came with a great hope that expressed itself in deep humility. She came with a determination that could not be discouraged. Matthew shows that Jesus in helping this woman did not reject his nation, although ultimately it rejected him. He also shows that Jesus offered himself to the Jews on the basis which discredited any essential difference between Jews and non-Jews. The risen Lord commissioned his disciples to bring all nations into discipleship. Whatever the hesitation and words of Jesus may imply, the fact remains that he did commend the woman and heal her daughter. Israel denied him, but he did not deny Israel. From this bread, he fed both the children and the dogs. Faithful progress in the Christian life is a necessity. We should get better as time goes on. This is illustrated by what many consider to be the greatest horse race ever run, and it was not the one yesterday. When Secretariat won the Kentucky Derby, each successive quarter mile in the race was run faster than the one before. The longer the race went, the faster he ran. The persistent faith of this troubled mother was rewarded. Her prayer was heard and her daughter was delivered. Jesus commended this mother for her faith as it was exhibited in her earnestness, her love, her humility, and her persistence. If we could find that in our lives, our lives could be changed. We see the outcome, don't we? That very hour, the daughter was healed. 
that very hour when the Lord recognized the unlimited faith of this woman in him, her daughter's life changed. The example we set for our children makes all the difference in the world. I have the rare privilege of knowing or having known someone that was born in the 19th century. Many of you can say that, but many of you can't. My great-grandmother was born in 1884, and she lived until I was 15 years old, and I lived with her and my grandmother and grandfather and sister and a whole bunch of other people. Even up in her 80s, which was not as common as it is today for people to live way up into their 80s the way they do now, and that's wonderful. She would walk, and we lived up on the hill, and she would walk down the hill, and at the foot of the hill was the C&O Railroad at the time. Now it's CSX. It's the line that runs through Richmond up the James River. And as she would walk up that dirt road, she would count off each railroad telephone pole. And when she would return, she would say, I walked ten poles today. She had a goal. She always had a goal. I'll never forget her. She taught me so much about a different world and a different time. But like the Canaanite mother, she had a goal. And the goal was realized when her faith in Jesus Christ was revealed. We can learn from this experience of Christ with the troubled mother that divine delays are not always denials. Sometimes we want to pluck God's fruit while it is green, but He will bestow the fruit when it is ripe. When when God delays His answer, it is always to prepare us for something better. This woman found salvation not only for her daughter, She found it for herself and even for her people. For Jesus said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus could say of us, Great is your faith. Because through faith, God says, we can move mountains. Allow your faith to lead others to faith. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful for this woman. We don't know her. 
But we know what you've told us about her. We don't know her. But we know that she had faith. Help us, Father, to find that faith as we rest in your presence each day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our invitation hymn is number 412, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. It's one of my favorites. I don't know whether Brenda knew that or not, but it is. The words are so powerful. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. How powerful are those words? How strong is your faith? The invitation is open to anyone who would receive Christ. Whatever your desire may be as we stand and sing hymn number 412. Thank you for being a part of this service today. Thank you for coming. 
with your mother, if you're here with your mother today. I'm always grateful uh, for you to come and be a part of our services on days like these special days that we have. Don't forget the flowers behind me. If you ordered red, get red. If you ordered pink, get pink. I ordered two pink, so there better be two pink left. Uh, I'm just kidding, but I did order pink. Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. See, I was mean, and then I forgot what I was going to say. Isn't that awful? Um, again, it's a joy to come together in one service from time to time, and this is one of those days that we do it. Thanks to the deacons for uh, breakfast this morning. Thanks to the ladies' ensemble and the Sounds of the Spirit for providing music this morning. We are always grateful to be together to celebrate the Lord's love.